Blog Talk Radio. What a wonderful morning it is. We are here, Neil and I, to take your calls on the Neil and Christian Baker Psychic Show. Sorry, my delivery is a little slow. 914-338-0164. I'm multitasking and I can't talk and type very well at the same time. Okay, so I posted um, two... Facebook and X. Actually, did you know that Twitter is now called X? No longer Twitter? It's no longer Twitter. It's X. Well, more Twitter was stupid. I don't know. Well, it's because there's people are Twittering, you know. They're talking amongst themselves. Is that what that is? Yeah. So, anyway, they changed the name to F- X. X. Didn't Elon Musk sell Twitter or something like that? I don't know. I don't pay attention to corporate sales that often and you know, certainly not Elon Musk. I don't care about multi billionaires, whatever. No, okay. Twitter, I, I don't know why they would change their name in the first place. Probably because it was sold. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, we do have a caller. Of course, for those that are listening, we do invite you to Join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked. I mean, what would I just say? I'm such an idiot. We just go through this whole process of saying it's called X. And I said um, <laughs> said to join us on Twitter. So please join us on Facebook and X. It's called X? It's called X, the letter X. Ow. Ow. Trying to get comfortable here, running my knee into her table. So who's on the line? So it's Dion. Hi. I, uh, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Hi. It's not really morning there, is it? Nice to you know, twelve. I have uh, information about Twitter and Elon Musk. Oh yeah. That I found out. Yeah. Hi. So, so Hello. Twitter was owned by Jack Dorsey who also partnered with Square. You know, Square is like a credit card part, uh, credit card uh, processing company. Yeah. I do. And he he also served on the board of the uh, Walt Disney Company. And, doing, and Elon Musk bought Twitter because he wanted to protect the uh, First Amendment right, which is freedom of speech. 
And when I was writing Aaron's documentary, the first part of it, I found out that, um, okay, so Jeff Dorsey. Jack Dorsey, okay, go ahead. Jack Dorsey, his business partner was murdered recently in San Francisco. And after Twitter was, was purchased, and also what I found out about Twitter was, and I and I refer to it as the old Twitter. And like Elon Musk just changed it to X within the last week. So yeah. in the documentary, I refer to it as the old Twitter because I found out that people were being paid to gang stalk Aaron on Twitter. Um, and also they would promote the cryptocurrency pump and dump scheme that his brother was a part of on Twitter, the old Twitter, and then they also, that's where they started stalking me, and they started, um, like, doxing me, and they broke into my prescriptions at Walgreens and posted them on Twitter, and then because Elon Musk took over, Elon cracked down on a lot of that, so they weren't, they're, they're not able to, like, gang stock and bully and stuff like that as much as they were but it was interesting to find out that Jack Dorsey was a part of of Disney for quite some time and as and I think you do know now right that Aaron's family was part of Disney yeah yes yes I don't okay, see your so, version on Facebook Okay, okay, so like reading the chat at the same time, huh? I thought you so finished. like if you if you invested a thousand dollars into this Safe Moon cryptocurrency that the brother was involved in as a pump and dump scheme, it would be worth three million dollars three months later. And so part of the reason why I think Jack Dorsey forced the sale of Twitter was to kind of get rid of any kind of liability that would have fallen back on him since Aaron died and also the brother got caught up in that safe moon cryptocurrency pump and dump scheme which is still an ongoing investigation interesting yeah interesting well I wonder if he's related to Tommy Dorsey probably not isn't Tommy Dorsey like a singer band leader from the, you know, 40s. 40s. I mean, there was the okay. brothers, Jimmy and Tommy Dorsey. And then they have a group, and then they, Tommy Dorsey had his own band. Um, so, yeah, 40s. But probably not. It's just probably a coincidence. But you never know with these family trees who's related to who. Oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah. I mean, because, like, Disney owns, like, everything. Well, a lot. I mean... A lot. The, and there's a lot that they own. You're correct. Yeah. It's just, like, wow. So, um, but, yeah, they were... Yeah, so that's just some interesting things that I found out about Twitter that I included in the first part of his documentary. Um, uh, and that, that the Safe Moon cryptocurrency... Um, lawsuits that the brother was involved in 
what happened with that was is they researched it back and found out that it was actually people who were partnered with the FBI who came up with the entire scheme. Wow. Wow. Well, what's, re- what's interesting about Disney and the Mickey Mouse Club, which, of course, has this wholesome image, at least in the, I mean, there were scandals with the Mickey Mouse Club back in your day, right? Anything that, that came out during your time, scandalous? No. Yeah. Well, in, in more, then more recently, the sexualization of their, um, you know, they, they were groomed. Britney Spears, um, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Aaron's brother, Nick Carter. Yeah. Yeah. So a Wasn't lot of those. Justin Timberlake, too. Yeah. So I think they were, you know, they talk about programming and all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, which I can't. It's a psychic show, so we've got to get back okay. on our topic here. This is getting out of hand. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, wow. Okay. Neil. So, um, well, we've got to stay on the topic. We well, can't just, you know. Well, you go off on tangents of books but anyway, all the time. Um, let's, why don't you ask a question pertaining to something a little bit more we can utilize our psychic skills. Do you think, or how long do you think I'm going to be going, like, through this whole situation with living out of my car and, and until I can get into the, uh, that apartment? Do okay, you so think this, the apartment that I picked is the right one, though? I, I know, and this is the question. So you, you have called the rental office, the leasing office. They don't answer. Did you leave a message with just the regular leasing office? I can't Yesterday remember. Yesterday I did. You did, Yesterday so they didn't call did. you back. So who knows? Nope. So the question is whether we call corporate or not and, you know, give them a case where we try to, you know, plead your, plead your case and say, these are the reasons why we feel Dion is worthy uh, and, and, um, and, uh, would worthy of an apartment why she needs an apartment right away not only worthy of an apartment but but why you but need more or less of like, yeah, what's going on like what's going on with all of this you know what i mean like i'm starting to take it personal well you know the fact is there's wait lists in Asheville at every place that's what you found and it's very competitive. And I remember before you went there, I emailed you an article that talked about the competition in Asheville between um, between people that are trying to use, utilize their Section 8 vouchers for housing. I mean, I'm just worried that, like, I'm not going to get a place and, like... I'm not even going to be able to drive my car pretty soon because I won't be able to pay the car insurance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, we we were talking about this last night at dinner and deciding, well, what should Dion do? Should I call for her today and and weighing the pros and cons? And probably it's a good idea, I think. Didn't we decide that it would be a good idea if I made the call and just said, this is why, um, you know, asked why there's been such a delay and and just talk a little bit about why you're deserving and needy right now of this apartment. 
And I understand I'm not going to reach anybody. It'd be a voicemail. Yeah, I mean, we were we were looking at your journey, you know, since you were in uh, what was it, right. Montana? It, no, no, Wisconsin. Wisconsin? We were, yeah. Uh, we don't want to air your your personal life on the radio, but we were discussing the compelling reasons why you had to leave Wisconsin. And you did have to leave Wisconsin. You had to leave. Yeah. You had to. There was no other choice. So you picked, you know, you picked Florida. And go ahead, Neil. Well, you see, at that point, I mean, you probably had options, but you really didn't have options. Um, So the the best solution was Florida um, because you know, if you had stayed where you were, you could have gone into kind of deeper troubles. So, and then in moving to Florida, I mean, you did get your voucher. So that was accomplished, although the um, waiting time for the place was getting mixed up in it all. And, and then the weather patterns and your dog and everything. So... I think we moved you out of one fire that was major and put you and relocated you by suggestion and agreement to an area that was less fatal, had less problems. And yet they continued to to kind of trail you. But now we're in a position where you're – you're asking, well, when will this happen? And I'm running out of funds, and, and I, we can't seem to get a location to live in. And my response is, I'm, I mean, what we're trying to do for you, Dion, is we're, we're trying our best to get you out of this karmic situation you're in, which I think you came into the world with. Right. She thinks she's been cursed and black magic and nothing. And I said, no, that is not true. We would have picked up on that. No, no. Like when you first encountered us, if someone was doing black magic, like a family member, no. No, this is not black. This is not black magic or curses. This is karma. Karma. You you came in with a lot of karma. And it's working its way throughout your life. That's what this is. There's no black magic. There's no curses, nothing like that. But the karma is somehow a little bit more problematic because it's embedded in your soul. A curse is something that surrounds you. It can't get into your soul. It just surrounds you and it can be removed. Karma is harder to remove. It's part of the DNA of your journey through life. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to go through that tight maze and find out if there's a way to to uplift or maybe eliminate some of the karma or work through it or find a faster route towards your location security and your sense of well-being and then traveling onward to your creativity and everything. So that's what we're trying to do. But our objective is to work through karma. So I don't think anything that everything that's happened beyond has been a result of karma. And and our job, which we believe in, 
is to get you out of that or to find a way to make it livable and then more abundant in terms of higher energy. The prediction of when this is going to happen is it, sort of contingent right. on our work. It's contingent. We're so continuing like, to work, but there's no like, like date. date that's, you know, set. <laughs> The 15th, because I know we projected it. We project, like Neil projected the 15th. And you were, you know, really hoping that by the 15th you'd be in a place. But alas, you're not. But that was a projection, not a prediction. That prediction. Was projection. Projection, not a prediction, which I was trying to explain. Uh, oftentimes, dates will be uh, projected in order to try to achieve that whatever goal the person we're helping has. Yeah, then if it doesn't work out, we know that the commas is very, still very deep. And we put and out the energy. And then Can I ask a question? question? Yeah, I have a question too, though. Yeah. Okay, so the the dog sitter, the, where the dog sitter lives, I went to the leasing office, and the girl said there, if I had a letter stating that I was going to be employed, that that would count towards me being eligible for, for a lease, okay? Okay. Um, there's been developments in Aaron's story within the past three days, okay, verifying that what I had written is, is starting to come to fruition. Is it possible that I could just get the, get the apartment based on a job offer and I can extend my voucher out another 60 days and by then maybe I could even just use the voucher towards a purchase or whatever because I, I'm, I'm wondering if like a job offer would help me get an apartment versus getting the apartment and then getting a job offer if we could it, what, what are the chances of that happening what, but, but what job offer is going to come out of a job offer coming out of your book right now is unrealistic. Why there's a writer's strike or right now and now an actor strike. So the industry is shut down. That's, that's one. I mean, I don't foresee that being any um, of any help to you getting into these departments, your book. If you got a job, yes, but, your 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 hands are tied there because you don't want to lose your disability. I mean, what I don't understand about that though is if you're working part time, for example, you can make up to like a thousand dollars a month on disability. I believe I, I, it's something like that. Don't quote me on the exact amount. But right, right, right. If you did get a part time job, I don't understand why that would interfere with your disability process. And you should find out if you can work part-time and still get disability, what are you going to say at the disability hearing? I was homeless. I had to get into an apartment. What was I supposed to do? I mean, do they care? I don't know. But if you ask your attorney, is can I get a part-time job so I can get housing? I can't continue to live on the street. Yes, I Maybe. can because then I would have to also then take a leave of absence to go back into my rehabilitation period with my surgeries and stuff. You could quit. You could quit, but you'd already have the apartment. I mean, they're not going to check your your employment status four months down the road. 
you, it's not you. They're not they're not checking to see if you're employed. All they care about is if you pay the rent. So if you're on disability, then you can pay the rent. Doesn't matter if you have right. a job. They're just trying to get you a job. Make sure you have a job so you can get in. So what I would do is ask your attorney today if you can start looking for something part time. So you could get into these apartments that your uh, dog sitter friend is at because she's been very helpful to you. I mean, we advised you don't leave the dog with the sitter. That stands. No, he told me I can't get a job where it's like a W-2 or whatever. I have to work just like an independent contractor. I can do gig work here and there. Can you do like, there's like promotions. I used to do them when I was in college for. And yeah, I used to do those too. Really, so like, like dog, I can't leave anywhere. Yeah, I have to bring my dog with me everywhere. You just have a big problem because you need a house, and you just this is the dog. The mm. dog is a problem. The dog is a problem because I, you you can't. I can't separate from them. Right. Until you're in a in a place where you can safely leave him at home by himself. Anyway, I guess my, my question really ultimately just relies on, is there relief coming? Do you see relief coming anytime soon? Well, well, if we didn't see relief coming, we would get that vibration and deliberately tell you there's no hope. Relief isn't coming. What we get is it, it, it's like... Be honest, like we're looking at the sky and there's a bunch of gray clouds and it's really thick, but it's not raining. Now that we're raining with gray clouds, we would say, okay, the karmically speaking and psychically speaking, it's a no go. You can't go out today. It's not going to happen. But, but the thick clouds do not really mean it's going to rain. So what we do as psychics is we try to use energy to separate those clouds and disperse them because we still have a chance to do it. Now, the clouds represent karma, but it's not raining. So the karma says that you have a chance to get something sooner than later. What we're trying to do, short of a sheer prediction, is to try to utilize energy in such a way that it happens as rapidly as possible. So the answer to your question is we're in a state of existence wherein we can possibly with energy make it happen, but we cannot at the current place and time predict it because the karma doesn't allow that. It doesn't give you that advantage. So, so blame it on karma right now. Right. I explained to her about karmic destiny, creative destiny, destiny, destiny. You know, there's not a destiny, there's not a destiny factor here going on, except maybe a creative destiny where we can manifest something for you. But we have to give credit where credit is due in terms of how the energy work has helped. So we got veterinary care for your dog. You got a gas voucher that you shouldn't have gotten because the requirements were that you were either looking for a job with the gas or going to a doctor's appointment. They gave that to you. What else? Also, also, I got um, on Monday. I can take him to a vet for the re blood check for the blood check re okay. retesting. 
Um, but not not just veterinary care, but Kristen, you got him two thousand dollars worth of emergency. He was in the ICU. My dog was in the ICU, so it wasn't just a vet visit. You were able to get him immediately, and 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 and, and the and the animal hospital that he was at was at. Only 15% of animal hospitals in the United States were certified like that one was. I know because his old vet was a hospital like that. So it wasn't like you just got him patched up at a local vet. You got him, like, the biggest blessing that there could be and right in the area. So I just wanted to point that out, that it was like an extraordinary, humongous break for Cupid. That's great. That's what we mean about working with, with energy. You see, we the energy factor can be to your advantage because fortunately your karma is not totally drastic. So when we see these patches, what we do is we work with those energy fields and then we just do our best to bring you some satisfaction, success, relief, whatever, ultimately to your goal at hand. So that's what we're trying to do as far as the currents. So that's happening, and it has happened, and we can't deny that. As far as the current stage is concerned, and you ultimately needing a place and a job, well, we're working on that just like we did with the previous uh, topics discussed. We are working on it. But I do want to ask you a quick question. Oh, good. Um, and the question may seem odd, but it doesn't matter to me. Or don't worry, it's pertinent. The shoes you're wearing, are there shoelaces or are they slip-ons? They're slip-ons. Okay. So if I say to you the word shoelaces, and you have to come up with some assemblage of thought or association or memory, what would you say about shoelaces? Um, okay, so when I was dating, like when I would like date guys, I would date them if they wore shoes that were laced. <laughs> it was like this weird thing with me that like I would date guys if they wore shoes that they had to physically lace up. That it was like a no-go with if they wore slip-ons, forget it. You wouldn't consider what, them as a... Yeah. That's interesting. And what would you... What was the reasoning? Are shoelaces more masculine and slip-ons more feminine? What is your reasoning? Because, like, the guys that wore the shoes that they had to tie were considered, like, more polished businessmen. Um, you know, it took extra time to, to do that. You know, more attention to detail. It was just something I, a quirk of mine that I preferred. It so, seemed to separate the t- personalities, like, right away by looking at the shoes. Okay. So there is, a, there is an extraordinarily pertinent theme behind shoelaces in regards to the men that you chose to date, being that they were more polished and professional and you just felt like you would be in better standing with them. So your, your allusion to shoelaces is beyond being common. Not too many people no. would, I mean, would have really alluded to that topic with shoelaces. I've, I would have never, personally. Yeah. So now what it means is that 
if you take that and and the theme of shoelaces, then quote shoelaces are going to come into your life, meaning you're going to get some professional attitude coming from a person, perhaps even a man, who is going to be very proficient and effective and professional in assisting you. That's what that means. So it's an omen. It's called an omen mm. based on a visual. Not um, like the movie. No, that no, would be a bad. <laughs> but it's an omen considered that uh, omens are somewhat warnings. But but an omen is also a kind of soft pedaled prediction. And it comes from, you know, kind of a religious context, but that's it is. Ir- irrelevant right now. So the men that you dated with shoelaces, did they turn out to be bad dates or good dates? Good dates. The best, some of the best I ever had. Okay. So now it even adds to the general topic. Now the shoelaces came to me via the astral realm, which is in charge of your karma. So because we're connected Kristen and I, to the astral realm, we can find agents that can help us get things done because those agents are very more aware of how your karma operates and where to, so it's almost like when you get on the phone and the voice tells you how to get to a destination, turn left here, that's what we hear. We're hearing that the the voice may not tell you what happens once you get to your destination, but it tells you how to get there. We are hearing from the astral realm a spirit. We don't name the spirit, but a spirit informing us that you are heading towards, quote, shoelaces, something that would be expectantly good. So I remember you need agents. You're talking about your book. If you wanted an immediate sale on your book, realistically, you would need an agent to negotiate something high. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you're kind of slush pile, maybe you're a diamond in the rough. But traditionally, um, to sell a book and get an advance of a high order, you need an agent, a manager, an agent. Having said that, um, it is always exceptions. But having said that, we have an agent in the astral realm that is helping to negotiate for you a possible remedy that works out in your best interest. And we have gotten, quote, validation from the term shoelaces. Okay, so we have another caller, but quickly, Dion, do you want me to, well, we don't have to decide right this second. You can not decide right now. But the question still it remains. Do you want me to call the main leasing office for you? I do. And the reason why is because during this process, like I'm writing my, my last book, which is what I call my second documentary. I, I like the fact that you're a witness to what's going on. And I like the fact that you're holding me accountable, but at the same time, accountable to the process. So you're, when you do something, Kristen, I don't know how to explain it, and I don't want you, like, I, all I can say is, is, like, you're very effective, 
at your speaking and your tone and your delivery in a very good way. So if you would be willing to do that, I would be very grateful. Oh, and no problem. I just want to let you and Neil know that Cupid and I are extremely grateful for everything that you do for us and that we, we're just very grateful and appreciative of everything. Thank you. We appreciate you saying that. Well, talk, you know, in reference to uh, shoelaces and relationships and men, we'll have Cupid draw back her bow and let her arrow <laughs> flow and get everything you want. So we'll, we'll be working on it. <laughs> you know that song? I Sam do Cook. know that song. I played yeah. it before for Cupid. Oh, well, of course you would know it because you have a dog named Cupid. Yeah, he was great. Thank you. Okay. Soon. Okay. okay. All right. Keep Neil, you I'll call. Yeah, I'll text you before I call. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. We have a victim from eight four three. I'd like to wish you both a very good afternoon here from the East Coast. Hi. Thank you. Hi. This my is name is Mike. My apologies, we bled over. Could you repeat that? I said um, it's morning here for us, so we hope we do have a good afternoon. It hasn't started yet. Well, well I guess playfully I could make a joke about being in the future, and it's good so far. <laughs> good. Okay, New York. And what's your name again? I missed it. Okay, uh, my name is Micah. I am calling from the Micah. beautiful coastal area of South Carolina, and thank you for the correct pronunciation. Ever since that Paranormal Activity movie from a long time back, it you, you can kind of tell whenever people see my name on paper because they want to say Mika. Really? M-I-C-A-H, oh, right? M-I-C-A-H, the uh, yeah. Old Testament spelling. Yeah, I w- well, yeah. So I, well, maybe they're not... Um, the people that read your name on paper have not really explored the Bible very much. True, but at least they get most of the pronunciation right. But um, the reason I'm contacting you is uh, just a little backstory and some, tr- well, I, I guess it could be called trouble that I'm having with the, uh, uh, I dare say, the awakening. Okay. Um. I was a child of 1973. Matter of fact, uh, not that I think it holds what's any... Your, what's your full birthday? Pardon? Full birthday. My full birthday, uh, September 1st, 1973. I was born the day J.R.R. Tolkien died, so I don't think that has any precedence. I just find it okay. rather humorous. Um, and with that, as a child... I realize now, as of 2019, that was a very critical moment for me. I had used my powers of deduction to explain everything away, to not necessarily ignore the things I was seeing behind my eyelids while I was wide awake, but it was more of a disposition that was taught to me through life that people that say of such things and speak of such things are usually given a two-week evaluation somewhere of which I spent eight months in my childhood because I spoke of it. That's what made me learn to shut up. 
but I got very good at explaining all these things away. But in my childhood, I was given dreams that were demonic and perverse in nature at a time when I had seen no such things. The world was innocent. I was probably three to four years old. And when I began being detested by these things that were shown to me, I realize now they were grooming techniques from the elsewhere or the astral, the dream world, whatever someone would define it. It's literally all the same thing, at least in my personal truth. But I, there's no other way to say this than in a humorous way, but it's totally true what it took was for me moving into a residence that was on an undocumented ley line of a severely paranormally active home in which I finally saw things before my eyes that I could no longer use Occam's razor of reasoning to explain away. I had encounters and I was threatened and I realized the only way that I could not be threatened by these things was to defeat them. When I got that embedded within me, I immediately began analyzing everything, looking for glitches, which, you know, just minor addition here to my backstory. I'm a prodigy of glitches. Um, I, I, I was always able to find an exploit somewhere long before computers came around. And I came to understand a lot of knowledge that, well, I, I'm glad I was older that I, I, I was glad I was in my 40s when I discovered this. Because if I had been my younger self, I, I can't say I would have made the proper decisions with the power, and it's nothing shy of an intense power and burden of being able to see the future, being able to go as far into the past as I would like. But at the point I realized I could do this, I had to give myself a second thought. Is this real? Is this some long-term psychosis level stage that's been brewing within me? And I got my answer on November 19, 2019, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 11.07 p.m. And I document my travels within the elsewhere quite frequently. And this was not a magical journey into another place where I was given some thing to, how do you say, uh, some problem to solve. This was a master ascension test. And I had no clue that's what I was in, but I went into it. And I was not alone. There were thousands of others human just like me but their astral avatars stood beside me and they mocked me because I was not using whatever technological gear they were using 
And within that seven minutes was close to an hour's worth of time. And I know the times exactly because I had a clock beside my bed. And whenever I would go in, I would do it on the hour or half hour to make it easier for me to document the time. And within this test, there's the reason I'm hesitating on it is because to my knowledge and what was told to me, I was the first person that passed within this test. I was fooled into believing I had died and that I was moving on to the next stage. And the it gave me a lot of empathy toward people that say they have their entire life laid out before them, their good deeds, their bad deeds, and everything, because that literally happened in a micro moment. And it happened in a way, in a formula, that I remember vividly, very vividly. But within that, I was given a choice. I was stand, I stood in space before a very ominous-looking black hole, and I was told the choice is yours. You may leave or you may stay. And when I turned and looked, I saw the earth behind me. I I remembered my daughters. I remembered those I love, and I just couldn't leave them. I knew I had to be here. And the moment I thought that, that was my choice. It had been made. I didn't get a second chance. And I immediately felt remorse. I felt a deep sense of this was my trial and I failed. And then I was given reassurance from the universe. No, you didn't. And I was shown all of those that stood at that very spot before me of names I will not mention publicly, but names known to all. And they had made the exact same choice. They decided to stay to assist in the next evolution of this mankind. And there's many definitions of that. But what drew me to your program was a sudden urge I had earlier, because I'm familiar with Blog Talk Radio. It's literally hit and miss with what types of shows will be on there. But for some reason, I was drawn to it. And when I read your bio, sir, I saw the slight similarities, and the first thing that became cognitive to me was I would love to speak to someone that evolved the opposite way of me. I denied everything so long. I've only had a few years into this. But I swore two oaths. One was to remain chaste. The other was to never profit from what should be freely given. Now, please don't take that as any animosity whatsoever toward people that do profit from their gifts. There is far more good from that, and I, 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 I insinuate that in no way. But as for my case, 
especially with my history of, well, the reasoning I said, I'm glad I'm this age now whenever I uh, discovered these gifts and these abilities because I was not so nice a person when I was growing up. I would have misused them, I feel that, and it's a shame, I feel, but it's a burden that's released with the fact that, uh, as you can tell by my birthday, I'm about to be uh, 50 years old. I've made it this far, but what I would propose to you, I'm looking for the people that I've been meeting within the elsewhere because they've been hunting me. And I dare say that I know that sounds like a, well, let's just say I have a lot of empathy toward people that are paranoid that everyone is out to get them, including the government. I have a whole lot of empathy. Even though I don't necessarily take their stance on it, I just know for myself that I've been compelled to live off the grid, so to speak, and maintain anonymity and a hermit lifestyle. But with my contact with people, I've been helping people where I can, and amazing things have happened along the way. One of my vows, along with the oath to never profit, was to remain at the edge of poverty, to honestly, and I and I actually thought this oath out well, to remain at the edge of poverty. And I have to credit Father Malachi Martin when he was released from his Jesuit vows because there was no way for him to survive without some form of making money, especially, um, you know, in his day, if you're familiar with that good channel. Uh, but basically, there's just too many people, and they are people that are in this reality, not a divergent, that have been screaming at me for years to come back into the fold. And I would just like to, um, first, thank you very much for the time you've given me to speak, but secondly, does anything I've just said resonate with you in any way? Yeah. So let me uh, sort of give you some feedback on this. First of all, uh, you sound like a very intelligent person, articulate. Um, you could even have some aptitude towards speaking, reciting. So you're, you're, you're whether it's innate or whether it's induced by education. You sound like a very educated person. But having said that, and having said that there's some realm of creativity that you absorbed and then thereby express, many of us come into the earth already actively involved in past lives that have accumulated in such a way that we come down in, an, in a somewhat of an advanced though isolated form of energy. Some of us activate the energy early, and then some of us, due to the course of karma and the thickness of past life journeys, it takes time. 
But nonetheless, there's always something hidden embedded in the soul of an individual that is of like manner that will ultimately be experienced on some level, given the fact that it can advance and become more transparent as one gets older. Before you came down, you were obviously in a chamber of the, or in a realm of the astral realm, where a lot of this was discussed with certain aspects of astral beings and guides and angels and entities. So you already had the discussions at hand before the soul entered the body and was reduced to having absolute knowledge to a a fraction of that, given the time scheme that you had to live by. So your experiences I pick up are very internal and realistic but extraordinary in the, in the origin of what would normally be considered human logic. Because we're not talking about human logic when we start to converse with the third eye and the soul and the astral realms and past lives and sex and, <laughs> and all that. So you come down with that energy. Now, what's also extraordinary is that you, your karmic number is, th- your master number is three. And that would also not only suggest the stomach itself, the the chakra of the stomach, but the chakra of the stomach is also considered the internal third eye because the embryo receives, first of all, the outside world through the umbilical cord. So thereby we contemplate our navel. It's our first aspect of seeing outside of our body. When we enter the actual physical realm, the third eye advances upward three stages to the sixth chakra and thereby the third eye. Your master number is three based on 30 equals three. So when we look at that, we look at three of stomach and then the three in your master number's third eye put together, it comes to six. So you're involved in that process whereby even though you mentioned uh, November 19th, 2019, which comes to a six, more or less. It also has within Interesting. It, yeah, well, it also has within it the first three one numbers or three and then there's a nine. Well, when we look at your birth date, that's inverted. You're born on the ninth and you end your year journey on a three. So that's a mirror reflection of when you had this epiphany and you've started to develop some form of active imaginary quote, astral-based realism when it becomes those terms. The other part of it would be a significant energy towards um, the age of 30 when you had a a karmic break and something would happen. You mentioned daughters, you know, which would suggest two or three. Maybe there's two daughters and a boy, I don't know. Or maybe there's two daughters and yourself. But the idea of the daughters comes into play because this is the division between masculine and feminine energy, which you thereby demonstrate. So there is a rough edge beginning to your energy being that on the karmic side of your numbers, you have nine and one, which is a 10, which represents also a zero in there. So there's going to be some difficulties in that energy, but then it advances upward to a seven, three, which is both spiritual and sacred energy in terms of the third eye mysticism. But no, you're talking 
on deliberately coherent terminology. And I have a sort of kinship with you being in terms of your sincerity in the idea of growing up. When, when I grew up, the entities in the astral realm and the beings and all that were more, uh, were more apparently in my world. So I, I grew up alongside these, the, this phenomena and oftentimes confused it with the real world. But nonetheless, we're kind of cut from the same fabric, although it's checkerboard. But it's the same fabric. Did you want to say something? Um, no, I just, initially when Mike called, I was picking up a six, and there was no evidence six in his birth date except for the three and three, which you referred to, three in his year and his three in his master number, or the 30 karmic number with the three. But indeed, November 19th, 2019 is a six. I worked that out. Yeah immediately and i think that was what i was connecting to and the 19 is your inverted um, uh, month and day your month and day nine one and like we said right. the, the, the three ones the, well so, and the november the 11 is your 1973 added together so 1973 is an 11 in fact so that would be uh correlated and actually 2019, so we've got that 19 going on twice, which is the inversion of the month and day, and the 11 pertaining to his month, so uh, year. So a, a person like you, they usually have like a strange dichotomy between what they do professionally and what is going on internally. So what was your professional job? It, or is? Well, my original professional job was a... Um, I started when I was about 12 years old. I lied about my age and got a job as a cook in good old Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay. And from that point, I went on to try different trades. And the most successful trade I was at was, and this is um, where you, uh, I, I will actually intertwine something you said numerologically. Uh, I became an ocean lifeguard in 1999 and I served until 2005. I committed over a hundred waterborne rescues. There was zero loss of life ever on my beach or any beach of lifeguard I trained or any service I worked for, which I don't say that putting myself on a pedestal. I say that actually with a lot of remorse because it, it's a hardship for someone that's given that protective duty to be able to know that they lost someone on their watch. So I, I would never use the inadvertent measure of someone losing someone as a form of braggadocia. Well, but, Mike, I hate to interrupt you, but we are at the tail end of our show, so we want to start okay. to wrap this up at those moments because we do have to stop on time today. And okay. uh, so, I mean, that's very... Uh, I mean, being a lifeguard, protecting people in the ocean, that's a, a wonderful human service that you've done. Um, anything in the family background mechanical? Anyone in the family background mechanical or yourself? Uh, myself, when necessary, surprisingly, um, at the heat of the moment. Uh, it, it, it would be a little bit too much time consuming for me to try and describe that, but it's something that's kind of surprised myself and, and auto mechanics as well. 
Okay, so that's what I was picking up. But anyway, I, I you know, want to wrap this up because we're yeah, go. I mean, we're not. We're only pressed for time because of the limits of our time show. show it's a sixty-minute show. But I want to impress you on another thing. Uh, three is the feminine number, it, regarding the moon, the lunar moon, and the moon is controlled. You know, the ocean, the tides. So you are virtually a man of the sea, but a rescuer. And so what you've come down with in terms of the split between your masculinity, being a lifeguard, you have to be somewhat fit and masculine and all that. But the saving device in your case results from the attitude of the femininity of the, of the astral realm, being lunar. And then you mentioned 100. Just by arbitrary, by arbitrary numbers, you mentioned 100, which is reduced to 1 which is the earth itself. And it's the And it's day. So you're, you're uh, I mean, you're always invited to call, call back, back our again. show. But, you know, you come from a depth of com- conversation. And obviously um, your articulation doesn't quite match what would be regarded as your profession. Most lifeguards aren't going to be articulate and discuss these matters. I'm not saying that they aren't intelligent, but... Mm-hmm. Your the rarity of your speech more sounds more like a like a person who would host a radio show or write a book or something. You have some certain actually um, that is part of my past as well. Oh, good. Then that then we're online there. No pun intended. A uh, radio no radio radio show. Uh, yes, actually, um, I I won't plug it here. Uh, but uh, yes, I had a blog talk radio show for some time where I was trying to. Um, reach out to some of these people that kept screaming at me in the astral that my time being solitary is greatly respected, but it, the time is now to return to the fold. Okay. Well, with that, we have to wrap up the show, uh, Micah, but it was nice to meet you. You're yeah, always welcome, always to, welcome call, to call back. back. And uh, we are back on the air on Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Again, follow us on Facebook and on X, which is formerly Twitter. We appreciate that. You can find our uh, pages on Blog Chalk Radio's website. And we, of course, accept donations. So if you are feeling compelled to donate, please please get in touch with me via, via Facebook Messenger, and I'll tell you, how to, tell you how to make a donation. Until Friday, have a good couple of days. Bye-bye. <laughs>